Frank Wright out after only 11 games as the Carolina Panthers head coach. We're talking that and the top five takeaways on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special thank you to all the everydayers out there. Don't forget to subscribe, follow for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, obviously, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst at The Messenger. And today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Apologies for the lost episodes last week. I was sick as a dog over Thanksgiving, lost my voice. You can kind of hear it right now. Hopefully still able to get through this episode, but could not get through a full episode last week. But I'm black talking week 12 NFL action and Frank Reich is out after only 11 games. Now, the writing was on the wall here. You don't start off this badly and show what the Carolina Panthers had with Bryce Young, your number one pick that you mortgaged the farm for to go get to have him looking, you know, legitimately going backwards over the course of his 11 games now in his first year as a starter. You don't have that happen and expect to keep your job. I'm sorry. That's just the case. I get that he was dealt a really, really rough hand, but there was just no signs of life for this team. The timing, though, this is fewer games than Urban Meyer got. This, to me, is David Tepper. This is why they are going to struggle now to attract any top head coaching talent because you have an owner that obviously wants his hands, his fingerprints on every single thing going on in the organization to the point where. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no long-term plan. It is just what he wants in the moment is what he expects to get done. And it's led to the second worst record in the NFL since he took over as owner in 2018. They are 30 and 63 over that time span. Only the New York Jets have been worse over that time span. And obviously in line to get the number one overall pick. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. And they do not own the number one overall pick. They trade that away the Chicago Bears. So what a fleecing that's going to go down as what the Chicago Bears got in return for that number one overall pick a year ago. And my Lord, the, the Panthers right now, they need to have some long-term thinking for once, right? We've been talking about this ever since like the Teddy Bridgewater bridge quarterback stuff that they were doing. They needed to have some long-term thought. And the Matt Rule era was just plagued with whatever seems the best right now. In the moment, whether it was things like the Stefan Gilmore trade, the CJ uh, Henderson trade, just like all these moves, the Matt Corral trade up. There were so many moves made that were, let's do it right now. We got to do that this year. When at no point in time were they a roster that looked anywhere close to competing for a Super Bowl, right? Like at best, they were going to sneak into the playoffs and still over that span, their best record seven and 10. <laughs> they have not won, not even gotten to 500 since 2018. So I go back to this off season when you knew you had to have some help for Bryce Young. You, you knew that this, once you trade away DJ Moore, go get him. You had to backfill as best as possible. And what did they do? You signed Hayden Hurst and you signed Miles Sanders for the money. And you signed an aging Adam Thielen for the money they gave up. 
to Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders. They could have had this year DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks. Now, Brandon Cooks would have had to be a trade, but they could have had a receiving core for what they paid to guys this offseason who aren't doing much on that roster. Miles Sanders isn't even getting carries now. They could have had a receiving core that's DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen. That would have looked a lot better, giving your quarterback a lot more options as a rookie than what he currently has to throw to. I mean, my lord, that receiving core. I mean, Adam Thielen's your best receiver, and he cannot run a route farther than 10 yards on the football field right now. <laughs> He's just, no one respects his deep speed. He's an underneath guy, and that's kind of all they run in that offense. And now you're hamstrung by this terrible offensive line, right? But I don't think Frank Reich in any way, shape, or form overcame this offensive line. You know, like they, they were doing nothing to scheme around how bad they are up front. No motion. Bottom five in motion this year. Bottom five in play action rate this year. You're running a lot of quick passing stuff because obviously you don't have the offensive line to pass protect. And that's the one area where coming out, everyone's like, yeah, Bryce Young maybe in the quick game is not going to be great seeing over an offensive line at five foot 10, right? The one area where it's like, don't do this they've kind of built the whole plane around unfortunately and it obviously starts with their team building and draft track record i'm gonna read off their top 100 picks over the last five years if you're squeamish feel free to fast forward through this but let's get into it 2023 this past year bryce young obviously number one overall jonathan mingo at number 39 DJ Johnson, defensive end at number 80. Mingo and Johnson are, I mean, they're not, at this point, they're, with how they've played so far, aren't locks to be in the NFL by the end of the rookie contracts. Like, that's how bad the start has been for both. I tweeted out a clip of Jonathan Mingo attempting to make a catch yesterday that has gone super viral on Twitter. It already has over 3 million views. I tweeted out like three hours ago. And it's one of the most absurd catch attempts I've ever seen. Just a complete lack of awareness of where he is on the football field, sprinting to the sideline on a scramble drill, unable to stop and adjust to a ball that's mildly off target, but really not that far off target. And that's kind of been the story of Jonathan Mingo's rookie year. So those are your top 100 picks in this past year. 2022, Iki Aquano, who head-scratchingly been awful this year. Number 94, Matt Corral, who again, isn't even on the roster. And they gave up pick number 76 this year to trade up from top of the fourth round last year to, or excuse me, that year to number 94 overall. An absolute terrible trade in retrospect and just a misevaluation of talent and where you were and what you wanted at the quarterback position. It's like, was he going to be the guy for you that you needed to trade up? Obviously not. 2021, JC Horn, good pick, but there was no going wrong. If you think of the top of that 2021 NFL draft at this point with his injury history now, you'd probably rather have every single other guy that went right after him, right? You'd rather have Patrick Sertan who went just right after him, Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons, Rayshon Slater, all the guys that were picks 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 in that draft, you'd rather have at this point. Number 59, Terrace Marshall Jr. Dude can't get open to save his life this year. Number 70, Brady Christensen, guard, 83, tight end Tommy Tremble. Tremble's probably the best of that bunch. He's still their number two tight end right now, but he's probably the best outside of J.C. Horn and the rest of that we've mentioned so far in terms of like actually making an impact on the football field. 2020, Derek Brown, a hit, obviously. Top 10 pick, though. Yitor Gross Matos at number 38. 64, Jeremy Chin. There you go. Another hit. 2019, 16 overall, Brian Burns, defensive end, a hit. 37, Greg Little, offensive tackle. Not even in the NFL, I want to say, anymore. Or if he is, it's like a practice squad. And then 100, 
Will Greer at quarterback, just a disaster of a track record in the draft. And that's how you get to this point, right? Not a lot of teams are terrible because they lost their talent, right? And now the Panthers kind of are because they did trade away DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. But a lot of teams are terrible because they couldn't find the talent in the first place. And for the Carolina Panthers, they just have not been able to find talent in Scott Fitterer's tenure at GM, sadly. But enough about that. Carolina Panthers, they just need to actually go back to the drawing board and start to make some long-term decisions. All right. Number two takeaway from week 12 of the NFL season. The Eagles and their quarterback run game usage is what every team in the NFL that has a mobile, athletic, capable runner at the position should study and implement into their offense. You saw, and it's not only because, you know, the final play there in the red zone, one of their favorite concepts, you get a fast screen going one way, center pulling to the edge on the other side, and then it's kind of a, he gets the pick. Do I throw the screen or do I run the other way? And it's kind of puts your linebackers in a bind. Whenever you go fast flow in two different directions, one of my favorite uh, sort of, play designs that's kind of taking over it's taken over college for a while lincoln riley uses a ton at usc and is now it, it become popular in the nfl is when you can go fast both ways when you can get a linebacker basically caught in a bind to where he picks one way you're going fast the other way always gives you a great numbers advantage and obviously pretty much a walk-in touchdown there for jalen hurts but not just that it is how Often they use him on like third and mediums as a draw, as just a weapon in that game. And you saw earlier on that final drive, they had a third and three at around the 40-yard line. They don't convert there. They have a decision of whether they want to take a long field goal or go for that fourth and three. I imagine they probably would have gone for the fourth and three because that's what they do. But you had Hertz in the shotgun. You had running back offset and offset directly to his hip so not behind him so they're not running the ball when all, when a running back's offset directly on the side or in front of the quarterback you're not worried about the threat of the run game and if it is it's a draw but what they do and because hurts is such a threat in those situations because they use him so often in it is they had to have two linebackers in the box and when hurts took his drop Tyrell Dodson, who was supposed to be covering Devontae Smith on that play, is stuck, still staring at Jalen Hurts until he knows for sure that it's not going to be a quarterback draw. And all that took was just enough hesitation to leave Devontae Smith wide open for the easiest third down pickup you'll ever see at that point in the field. But it's because he had to respect the threat of the run. And it's something that dates back to what Shane Steichen was doing last year with him, what he did, Shane Steichen's done now in Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson, and it's something that if you have one of these guys, and I'm looking at you, Justin Fields, and the Chicago Bears, I'm looking at you, Will Levis, and the Tennessee Titans, you have these guys that are big athletes who are struggling as passers, admittedly, you know, who aren't dialing it up. If you have a guy that can dial it up as a passer, if you're, you know, say even like a Lamar Jackson, which obviously he's, they use him in that manner in the running game, but a guy who really is a high-end pocket passer already say like a cj stroud who's athletic in his own right could be a threat in the running game if you wanted him to you don't need to no need to subject them to any more hits than is necessary but when they're not make their lives as easy as possible and it just blows my mind that so many people are afraid and i get that you don't want to get your quarterback banged up that's the last thing that's an easy way to lose your job i get it but you want to put the best foot forward you can every single week and when you're not getting your quarterback involved in the run game this season, you're just not going to do that. So Jalen Hurts leads the NFL right now, leads all quarterbacks, 84 design runs, 
And that's regardless, that's like regardless of the or irrespective of the tush push stuff that they do there in Philly. Just Fields only 44 design runs this year. That should be flipped. There's no reason for Just Fields to have fewer design runs. And I get these been hurt, but fewer per capita, even far fewer per capita. Per capita is probably not the right word. Per game, probably a better word than Jalen Hurts has. That's just malpractice, right? <sighs> I don't know. I, I feel like too many co offensive coordinators make it too difficult on themselves when you have these big athletes at the quarterback position that can pick up yardage with their legs. It just gives you one more number in the run game. It gives you another blocker to take back that advantage. And I just think it needs to be used more. And I think the Eagles, no secret, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL with how well they use Jalen Hurts in that manner. All right, before we get to the top, the last three takeaways here, Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even launched, launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This show is also sponsored by... BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to and make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I know myself, I've benefited from it in the past. Now my therapy is talking to you guys on this podcast. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash L-O-C-K-D-E-D-O-N. All right, the third biggest takeaway from week 12 of the NFL season is that Maybe Matt Canada was the problem. Shocker. Uh, yeah, the guy who has never been a great offense coordinator anywhere he's gone may have been the reason why you never went over 400 yards in the last two and a half seasons. And on Sunday against the Bengals, who, you know, no Joe Burrow, but weren't missing much from their defense, went for 421 yards, more than any game in the Matt Canada era. And now there was no drastic change, right? This wasn't a completely different offense than what man Canada run. It was a lot of the same stuff, but their play calling still matters. How, when, how, and when you're calling plays and you already saw it in the screen game, they had more effective screens, more effective runs than at any point in the Matt Canada era. I don't think it's coincidence that Darnell Washington getting the second most snaps he has of any game this season coincided with one of their best rushing performances of the season. I don't think it's a coincidence that Kenny Pickett was throwing over the middle of the field more than at any point he was this season. It just blows my mind. And I still maintain that the 
one of the biggest shortcomings for NFL teams, one of the places they are far and away the worst at is self-scouting, is being able to look at their roster, look at their coaches, and objectively evaluate where they all stand in terms of the hierarchy of the NFL, in terms of how good their players are compared to the rest of the NFL, their talent, their you know, positional group talent is compared to the rest of the NFL, and how good their coaches are compared to the rest of the NFL. And if you watch Matt Canada and that offense at any point over the last two and a half years, you were not going to win. You had no chance of winning. You just did not with that as your offense coordinator. You blows my mind just watching that week in and week out, banging your head against a wall. And Kenny Pickett, far and away his best game of the season. I, I still maintain he's a little too conservative. Now, maybe that was drilled in him by Matt Canada over the last year and a half that just not to take chances, but he takes so few chances in like contested situations. The only time he'll really ever take chances is on 50, 50 kind of go balls, like pure verticals, which, you know, that's expected. That's when you have a guy like George Pickens, you should be taking those chances. And so that's good, but really still needs to let it rip a little bit more. And he was getting close there, right? Like this was still a very good game on his part, but a very good game only led to 16 points. And now it would have been better were it not for that absurd Deontay Johnson call that my, what are we doing here? That was a catch in the end zone. I don't know if you saw it. I thought it was pretty clearly a catch. I get why it was as much a catch as the Michigan catch was on Saturday against Ohio state, right? The Roman Wilson uh, catch slash maybe interception, which was a great play by Denzel Burke. But to me, it was as good as that. So very surprised that one got overturned. And then Deontay Johnson pooping his diaper on the very next play. It was also hilarious on a fumble. Doesn't move the entire play. Ball's on the ground. Ball's live. He doesn't feel any interest in it, which is quintessential Deontay Johnson, right? That's why a talent like that falls to the third round um, and why, you know, he makes some Steelers fans pull their hair out every now and then. But yeah, Matt Canada probably shouldn't be an NFL OC anytime soon. Or college, you'll see. I don't know what he should be, but you know, it's Frank Reich, a nice guy. You feel bad for a guy like that, maybe getting the rough end of a stick. Matt Canada, by all accounts, doesn't fall into that boat. I'll just say. All right, on to the fourth takeaway from week 12. We'll kick it back to Thursday night. We'll kick it back to Thursday night for both of these, or Thursday, Thanksgiving. Jordan Love is at least. Is he at least going to get a contract extension at some point with the Green Bay Packers? Now, is he fantastic? Is he the second coming of Aaron Rodgers? Is he a surefire stud franchise quarterback? I don't know. I am very much pumping the brakes on this. But if you've watched his last month of football, it's hard to see him not being at least a long-term starter in the NFL with how physically gifted he is as a passer, with his arm talent, with his mobility, with his pocket movements, with all of that combined with what he's put on tape now over this last month. And, and I don't think it's coincidence that the first game, his wide receivers start making some plays at the catch point, some real go up and get it, get over a DB, still haul it down, more plays in that game against the Lions than any game this season. Honestly, like more plays than maybe the rest of the season combined. That's probably hyperbole, but like more plays than at over multiple games combined for sure against the Lions. I don't think it's a coincidence because he, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, is much more of a guy who's going to throw it up for grabs at times. He's going to give his guys chances to make plays. And that's why he's thrown a lot more picks than Aaron Rodgers. 
But if he had guys that could make plays and why I'm going to keep mocking them, Florida State's Keon Coleman until I'm blue in the face is because if they had guys that could make plays, I think you'd see a much more productive from a stats wise Jordan Love than we've seen up to this point. But guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed to a degree have just been inconsistent in that regard. Uh, and, and now Malik Heath made some darn good plays. I, I think their depth at the position is good, but they really still need a true number one go-to guy that Jordan Love can rely on and, and start to toss him up plays like that, right? Start to give him some of those chances that will the receiver will come down with more. Now, betting on Green Bay Packers to draft an offensive player in the first round, probably a fool's errand. I cannot believe that it's been – the 2011 draft is the last time they drafted a non-quarterback in the first round. Non-quarterback offensive player in the first round. They drafted, obviously, Jordan Love in 2020. 12 first-rounders on defense since then. They've drafted 12 first-rounders on defense, one on offense. Somehow, their defense is still uh, not anything special. But they just keep <laughs> they just keep throwing on that side of the football. And uh, I love Keon Coleman, but I know it's probably going to be like some safety, off-ball linebacker. DT in the first round. It's just how the Packers operate. But Jordan Love, he looks good, man. Now, the, it was the Rams, Steelers, Chargers, Lions. Not a murderer's row of defenses. But outside of the Chargers, I, I wouldn't call any of those hapless this season. Rams aren't good by any means. Steelers, the best of that bunch. Lions, probably middle-of-the-road defense. But what he did to them was easily the most impressive game of his Somewhat young now, four years in NFL career. All right, before we get to the final takeaway, today's podcast brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Tuesday on Tuesdays, prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And prize picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports, made easy. All right, the final takeaway from week 12 of the NFL season, and it's another Thanksgiving one. Dak Prescott is the MVP of season ended right now. He is. He's been playing unbelievable football ever since that 49ers game early in the season that people just went nuts with just went same old Dak. there it is never going to win the big one i had a austin gale was on here saying that the cowboys were the worst team in the nfl to be a fan of or one of the worst teams in the nfl to be a fan of because he was so bad in that game ever since then though he's been the best quarterback in the nfl over that span since that game and now he's so over the final over the last six games he has 19 big-time throws to only two touchdown passes. Leads the NFL now with 23 touchdowns. Only six picks on the season. PFF has him with only seven turnover early plays on the season, one of the lowest turnover early play rates in the entire NFL. He has, by every objective metric, been lights out. Lights out over that span. 
And what I love is that Mike McCarthy is kind of like letting him play lights out football. There's no training wheels on this offense anymore. I think one of the biggest adjustments they've made from early on the season to now is saying our offensive line is wet. We are going to throw down the football field. We are not going to stop pouring it on. You just look at his average depth of targets. First four weeks of the season, 7.9 against the Giants, 5.0 against the Jets the next week, 6.3 against the Arizona Cardinals, 6.5 against the, the uh, New England Patriots. Since that, you know, again, I go back to that 49ers game. Everyone wrote him off. Since then, 9.2, 9 9.3, 10.0, 12.1, 5.7, 15.0. They are slinging it, and they are drop-back passing deep concepts because they have one of the filthiest offensive lines in the NFL. Tyler Smith is playing inspired football. Tyron Smith on the left tackle. That might be your best left side in the NFL right now. They are playing so well together. And the Cowboys, I mean, I get that they're kind of still the second tier. When the 49ers are humming, when the Eagles are humming, you probably still are going to lean towards those two teams. But we still have a good amount of season left. There's still going to be injuries down the stretch. There's still going to be things that impact this. We saw Lane Johnson out this past week for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's still things that can happen. This Cowboys team has the second best line of scrimmages in the league. You have the Eagles at one in terms of O-line, D-line combo. The Cowboys are firmly number two in that conversation. And when that's the case, you are in every single game. Should you not go in the tank like Dak did in the first meeting against San Francisco 49ers? Keep going back to that one. But I do think this Cowboys team is very legit, deserves to be in that kind of tier one of teams across the NFL right now. And Dak Prescott deserves to be your MVP. Now, again, a lot of season left, a lot of time for bag Dak to rear his ugly head. But with all the hate he gets and all the probably gets just as quarterback the Dallas Cowboys, it's time to give him some love. Dak has been in fuego. All right, there you have it. Your top five takeaways from week 12 of the NFL season. As I said, I was supposed to get through position rankings last week. Lost my voice. We'll get to those safeties tomorrow. I'm going to rank all the draft positions. So the position groups in this 2024 upcoming class on Wednesday. And then obviously Austin Gill on Thursday. And then we'll try to get some draft analysts on Friday to talk about this class as well. So appreciate you listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Renner Ranks, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.